Hello, people. I'm Eric. There's Andy and Hunter. And we are Hazardous Opinions. Today, I want to tell you a little story. It starts once upon a time in Hollywood. It's a dramedy starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Bad, Bad, Bad Pitt, whoever that guy is, and uh, Margot Robbie. <laughs> yeah, and I am excited to talk about this movie and hear your guys' opinions of this movie. It's uh, yeah. by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you know, one of my favorites. So we're doing kind of a, a recent release here, and the names you didn't mention, there's a huge list of people in this movie from like yeah. Austin Butler, recent fame, Dakota Fanning, Timothy Oliphant, insane list for this movie. And of course, Tarantino, always starring in his own movies. So you can watch this one on Hulu and FX Now. I uh, haven't used FX Now, but uh, Hulu is also always good. If you guys haven't seen this movie in a while, the basic premise of this wacky movie is a Pulp Fiction-esque, more modern uh, movie where an out-of-date Western actor, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, and his stunt double, played by Brad Pitt, try to make it big again in Hollywood after they've fallen from their fame uh, when they used to do uh, Western movies. And now they're uh, finding themselves as they're doing these movies, getting intertwined in a somewhat familiar real-life story uh, with Sharon Tate and the Manson family in Hollywood. So what do you guys think of this movie? What do you rate this? Eric, you go ahead, since you picked this one. Oh, okay. I will go with a solid 84.5 out of 100. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going we're going out of a hundred <laughs> this episode. Not just an eight point five, not just a nine point five. I will go, I will go but... with a solid eight hundred sixty-two <laughs> out of a thousand. Out of, right. No, no, out of a thousand point five. I don't know. I like this movie. I I don't. There, like, there is some things that we'll talk about that kind of make it a little dull in mm-hmm. uh in the middle part of it but like overall like it's like it caught me off guard and like it does this interesting thing that Quentin Tarantino does where like it pivots the entire story in a different direction which is like it's cool I I don't know if I'm like a huge fan of it, but like it's something that you know it's definitely uh, Tarantino staple, and you know, got to give yeah. it up to him. It's 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 interesting writing, is what I'm saying. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So you're like in the the eight range there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. If we can get a gauge of your rating okay yeah perfect yep. yeah okay <laughs> you want to go hunter oh yeah yeah sure so honestly with this movie <laughs> incorporating movie stars and a very like big grand story honestly i would give this 
nine point five. Nine point five. Nine point five. Nine hundred fifty out of a thousand. Yes. Yes, and I will give that every fucking time. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. I'll, I'll give it honestly, and I I want to give it like perfect specs. Honestly, like I would have gave it a like a ten out of ten, but like you know, for a couple reasons we're gonna get into eventually. Honestly, why I gave it such a high performance is it because of one of the facts it is tarantino it does have the movie stars it has the story it has the feel everything like that but also this film holds a special place in my heart not only with the story performances and transported transportative uh nature but that it's the first theater experience by myself that i sat in a theater by myself watched this movie and then <laughs> like a long time like to a, sit in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a week later, I uh, <laughs> eventually met my wife to be, but didn't know it at the time. I met her one night about like a week after that. And in front of a group of like six people with her in it, I said, you know what? I went to my first movie by myself. I sat through a movie by myself in the theater and it was once upon a time in Hollywood and everybody just like laughed and, you know, not in a mocking way. They were just like, wow, like that, like that's impressive. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I wouldn't have done that. And my wife says to this day, like that is one of the things that kind of caught her when I was, like talking, you know, that I just wasn't afraid to be by myself, be myself, you know, and watch this movie. And I felt like this would be a very important movie for me. I was having a very down day that day. And I was like, you know what, my boy, Leo DiCaprio, and my boy, Quentin Tarantino, they're in a they're doing a movie together. You know, like <laughs> let's let's go. So yeah, I I was all in for it, and God, was I so happy being in that moment. And people need to realize that they they can go to movies by themselves without feeling ashamed. Oh, absolutely. That, that's all I gotta say. It's yeah. People will look at you and judge you, probably. Uh, yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Andy. This is a very touching story, Hunter. Thank you for that. I uh, <laughs> thank you. I'm going to bring us back to the realistic world of Tarantino and okay. start my review off by saying, "What the fuck, Tarantino? Why do you keep showing me so much feet?" Oh man. <laughs> okay, you know what? I, want, I... Uh, we'll we'll get more into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh... I will give Tarantino his time because I want to talk about the feet. <laughs> but, okay. Okay. This movie might actually be my least favorite Tarantino movie, and that's not saying anything bad about this movie. It is a really high bar that he has set, uh, uh -huh. and I put this movie probably in the seven, eight, seven, nine range. Uh, it's a very enjoyable time, but like Eric said, there is a lull somewhere near the beginning middle area that kind of brings the down movie down a little bit. But that second half, 
absolutely killer. No pun intended. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, I do want to get into a lot of this stuff. I'm excited to talk about it. it I gotta say, Andy, uh, I never thought <laughs> I, I never thought I'd say this to one of you guys again. But uh, <laughs> disappointed, Dad. You you might be on my shit list again. <laughs> hey, I got, it is. I gotta say, there is way there's too only much feet. There's only so high you can go, and when most of Tarantino's movies are in my eight to ten range, uh-huh. it's so hard to break into that ceiling. <laughs> okay, like one statement I will say right now: I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is his second best movie behind Inglorious. Really, bastards? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I yeah, gotta I mean, say, no one's good. So I, I love Inglorious Bastards. This one. I don't know. I, I guess I'd, I haven't really thought about my ranking in Tarantino movies, but it's very tough. It is. I get I get what you're saying, Andy. I like that. That's why I just said that out loud. Like, I think that would be mine, you know? Fair enough. I uh, I have Django probably up at my top one. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Why did you bring up Django? Why did that's I totally be space that out? Okay. Fuck. <laughs> We're gonna rearrange the list. It's gonna be a tough top three, guys. It's it's a tough (laughs) top three, honestly. Like, and I know a lot of people put like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction up there, but honestly, I I honestly, in my personal opinion, I would put those three up at my top: Django, Once Upon a Time, and Inglorious. Yeah, I think Reservoir is in my second. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I, I still need to see that one. It is good. It is really good. Okay. But yeah. Do we want to get the feet conversation out of the way? Yes. Actually. Why why is why are Margot Robbie's feet so dirty? Cause she's walking around Wait, what? I thought she had heels. quite a bit. Oh, okay. maybe she was barefoot. Yeah, a lot of the characters in this were barefoot. And uh when I first saw those those ladies singing and running around barefoot, they actually uh, really scared me. <laughs> I'm like, this, this isn't right. They're, they're like, something is deeply wrong with them. <laughs> oh God. For some reason, it really messed me up, but they were just like skipping around singing. And then like, like they're murdering people. I bet. <laughs> I like, I get his, his mo and i was totally expecting some feet in this movie but yep. the tracking shots on margot robbie in that theater were excessive <laughs> he and then is all it up with brad pitt bringing um the the younger girl margaret Pussy Polly. Cat. yeah uh pussycat mm-hmm. i think it was her character i think so with the, the feet on the dash for like a 30 second shot i'm like come on man yeah Oh, no, yeah, up against the windshield and stuff. Yeah, no, people have pointed out, like, Tarantino's uh, foot thing, and, yeah, he... <laughs> I think he's leaning into it with this movie. I think movie. <laughs> he, he, does, he does have a foot fetish, I'm pretty sure. I'm not even joking about that. I, I think he does, and it, it's a little strange, but you know what? Yeah. Uh, what he gives out. us, I'll take it, you know? It takes me out so much, it makes me realize I'm watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? I'm like, yeah. I like. I don't know, maybe it was 
just me, but like it just made me uncomfortable every time somebody like was walking around barefoot on like the dirt and then like putting her bare feet on his windshield. I'm mm-hmm. like, how is he not like freaking out on her right now? Like, who the fuck does this shit? I know. <laughs> I don't know. I never existed in the 60s or 50s. So, and you yeah. know what? I love Tarantino, but I'm the total opposite of him. I hate feet. Yeah, I mean, don't like I, I don't. I don't, I don't like, like my own. I don't like my own. Yeah. Like, gotta <laughs> say, I I put socks on all the fucking time, and anybody can quote me on that. Like, <laughs> you know, I I don't know. Just I don't understand it at all. Yeah, yeah. Slightly yeah. infuriating every time I saw the bare feet. Honestly, I know, right? <laughs> God, fuck. I don't care if they're hippies or, anything, but. And I did have to at least bring that up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, no, I understand you, and I figured that would come up in our pod, honestly. Uh. <laughs> And I just wanted to say, like, to start this movie out, like, it starts out with a bang, literally, pew, pew, and throws you into the world of, like, Tarantino constructed for us. You can tell he was passionate about this time in history, cinema history. Like, the... Oh, yeah, the Western. The, the Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it, like, immediately kicks off just the uh, Western TV series. Yeah. You know? What was it and- called? Bounty Law. Bounty, Bounty Law. Law. Yeah, Bounty that was Law. that was cool to see. That yeah. actually like made me think that it was like an actual show that existed. Yeah, I love that. And then they had the was it the NBC uh, jingle that went on? Yeah, when it cut the, yeah, yeah. Had a whole commercial really for it. Cool. Honestly, guys, like quite a bit besides some of the fictional characters, I think was a real thing. And mm-hmm. Tarantino just kind of like put his fiction in there you know what i'm saying i i think i think quite a few like especially those uh those movies that like kept flashing back to like uh some of the world war ii movies that had leo like rick dalton in there yeah yeah those were real movies yeah 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 that's cool Mm -hmm. i didn't know that yep yeah i've seen great escape that was a good one yep yep the I loved him like being put in those scenes and it was just that was so silly but it, it was really funny <laughs> yeah it was so great like it was so seamless and like from how Tarantino shoots the TV series like the camera angles and the positioning it it just seems like you're back in that era of TV it's, it's very know? convincing honestly. yeah even even though it was very HD picture mm-hmm. it was black and white and like you can just you can feel it not not really see it because it wasn't that grainy stuff that was going on in that time right yeah. but like it just it looked it i really liked when they were doing the shooting scenes for a lot of the show and when he was with that the italian director i think it was the, like cinematography during a lot of those scenes was so impressive like the mm-hmm. um it like makes you feel like you're in a show within a show it's just the the layers that this movie has is is really impressive to mm-hmm. be a movie <laughs> in a movie is it's just i like it a lot oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. me too those little montages of the stuff he was talking about with his like brand deals and stuff mm-hmm. do you guys was it leo actually singing that green door song 
Yes. It sounded it like was, it. Oh, yeah. definitely. Definitely okay. it was. Yeah. 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 I, I believe it was. He he's not a he's not a huge theater kid with like a good singing voice, but like you can just tell it's like it's him in Rick's voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really like that part because like the song didn't uh make any sense. I don't remember exactly how it went, but it, it basically <laughs> the green just door. Yeah, the green door. It, it didn't make any sense because it's like I want to know what's behind the, yeah, green, the green door. door. <laughs> Eric, I'm with you. I just went back. I like I rewound it back because I'm like, did did he just say that? Because like <laughs> there's an old piano and they play it hot behind the green door. of stupid commercials like with yeah. their with their jingles right the like jingles yeah yeah but yeah i think well, that's like since it was like so bad that was just going to show that he's like washed up now because yeah, that I, whole like conversation that they had was like all like bad media that he's been in like trying to make it you know yes yeah, also showing everything that. that he's washed up from yeah yeah yes yep and I do want to say, like, the the vibe of this whole film, like, especially, Eric, you mentioning that commercial there. Yeah. The vibe of this whole film from the costuming, the music choices, set pieces, and characters in their performances, it just totally transports us to the late 60s, early 70s. Yep. And I, obviously, okay, anybody could tell us three, didn't live during that time. No, I I know, I know. But wow, you you really feel it, and Tarantino captured that. Like yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. That other than he captured it, that we like felt like we were actually there and transported, and that's that's exactly how you want to feel towards film. You want to be transported to a different reality that is different from yours, right? I thought that the uh, production set design and like set designs really helped sell that. Like the houses and the cars. Oh like, wow! Yeah, for me in yep. this movie, those those major streets in L.A. Like all those neon signs, Tarantino dressed it up like those streets, and it's nuts how he did that. Is this a is this a movie set or is that? A... Oh, it, it's an actual like street. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the budget like for this movie? Oh, I have no idea, but like he <laughs> totally transported sure. one of the Los Angeles streets with all those like old timey signs. And, That's yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Just a, a cool ninety milli for this one. Yeah, ninety million. Ninety. Oh wow. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's not a whole lot at all oh pocket man. change right yeah. yes yeah no they were really uh banking on it i mean it was good i mean yeah i like along with like the set design stuff like everything has a, a sense of really well-researched realism like mm. i don't know how familiar you guys are with the manson family uh, history but I like am. you 
the their like headquarters and like all the people that were name dropped in this movie. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this is like this is like everyone. It's not just like a like a cameo or anything, right? Um, so I thought all that was pretty cool, and it leads in. I'm not going to discuss the ending yet. We'll save that for a little later, but uh, leads you on a little rabbit trail that they like to subvert later when you're expecting the real story. Definitely. And like, yep. I have always been into like uh serial killer history and stuff. <laughs> Not trying to sound like a psycho like that. It, it's just like, obviously that true crime stuff is interesting in a natural. Okay. Way, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not obsessed with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I am familiar with the Manson family murders and that's partly the reason why I was kind of like intrigued by this movie. And I do have like, I will have more to say towards the end, kind of like what you said, Andy, honestly, like (laughs) once we get towards the end, uh, yeah, kind of those, those bits that were thrown into it will like kind of dive deeper into. Yeah. But, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about the um, awesome fight scene between Bruce Lee and Brad Pitt. <laughs> oh, oh, you want to jump to that? Or, okay, okay. Brad Pitt just being this like silent badass through this whole movie. He, he beats a few other people up, well, excessively later, and um, just just awesome. Uh, I completely didn't know when he was walking up to Bruce Lee which way that they would take this. I'm like. <laughs> Is Brad Pitt actually going to be super washed up and out of it? Or is he like actually going to kick his ass? And I'm really happy to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's adding to the alternate history of things where like Bruce Lee (laughs) was do he was actually doing that stuff. Like he was consulting on movie sets and everything like that. So that was pretty accurate, but like Mm -hmm. the story behind why Kurt Russell's character and his wife didn't like Cliff Booth. <laughs> like that is so funny. And like, honestly, guys, can you see Brad Pitt in another world just being just like Cliff? I could, I could honestly. Sure. I totally could. Like, he, I thought it was him the whole time. He acts so naturally in that fucking role. Like, I'm like, wow. Okay, is this just how Brad Pitt is every day? To every day, you know, like you, you yeah. don't know. Yeah. This is chillaxed. I uh, I yeah. really like how little time they spend on the wife murder. Like it was just like there's the one little scene of them on the boat, and you're like, yeah, that's the guy who killed his wife. Yep, and it's just like not <laughs> brought up again. Guys, this is the guy that killed his wife. I was like, I was a bit shocked, and then that happened. I'm like, he killed his wife. Yeah, like, I actually what? rewinded. I'm like, wait, wait, Brad Pitt killed his wife. <laughs> that like, that fucking scene, guys. Holy shit. That that made me burst out laughing. Just like how they cut to it and Brad Pitt is just sitting there with those like <laughs> goggles on. You can barely see his fucking eyes and just his mouth beneath the goggles. It just his mouth open and he's just acting all casual, just holding the fucking <laughs> the, the harpoon gun, guys. Like he's just holding it down there. <laughs> and she's complaining like a fucking <laughs> such a rude girl <laughs> and then that it just was... cuts away from that and i thought that was a genius part of comedy right there 
like that we don't know if he actually did or not but right. it was so fucking funny when it was going on <laughs> i was so thrown off when they said that i'm like wait there's no way this guy is like so chill i, I can't imagine like he right. would get you know so angry to murder his wife or something i don't even right. know if it what the reason was i'm like maybe he was framed i was like coming up with all these things throughout the whole <laughs> thing after that <laughs> he seemed so chill about it and then yeah just like I'm okay like, I, I can I want see you it. to explain yourself <laughs> like don't tell me you killed your wife man <laughs> and bruce lee has the right reaction to it he's like oh that's the guy who killed his wife wait that guy killed his wife yeah <laughs> right right that guy? yeah 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 and i mean even before we get to like that bruce lee stuff i'm glad you brought that up andy because that is like a very good part in the beginnings or uh in the middle section i'd say mm -hmm. but um i wanted to bring up the dynamic between cliff and rick is so nice and natural one of the and best yeah buddy you're friendship. already right you're already curious what the relationship is like between an aging actor and his longtime stunt double they're so comfortable and they're one of my favorite duos like ever in a movie does uh yeah does brad pitt live with leo no Is no we saw yeah uh yeah <laughs> yeah just in real life <laughs> in i'd imagine they have their own houses in hollywood <laughs> cliff does not live with rick as you can see like he he returns to a trailer house and that that's also a scene i was gonna get to yeah with okay. his dog that's what i was yep. thinking yep. and the end i didn't rewind back to double check but then i was like wait he's feeding his dog at leo's house so i was oh, confused oh he was staying i get with you him. he was just staying with them for a special occasion yeah okay yeah 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 but yeah, no, I I am very happy you guys agreed that they are like such an amazing duo that you yeah. don't get to see a whole lot, you know. And Brad Pitt deservedly, I think, got an Oscar for his uh, supporting actor role in that. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame the Academy for giving him that. Very we can blame the Academy for other things, but oh yeah, yeah for. They, uh, they... <laughs> not <laughs> nominating Greta Gerwig for uh, <laughs> right. best director. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fuck the Academy. We'll get into that next month. And Margot Stay Robbie tuned. that's in this movie <laughs> for not lead actress. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fuck the Academy sometimes, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, rightly deserved like... for Brad Pitt here though. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked uh, Sharon Tate played by Margot Robbie in this. Oh I, yeah. I didn't ever watch Sharon Tate's old movies. Me either. But for a while Margot Robbie had me going. I'm like, wait, is she actually Sharon Tate or is she pretending? Because she got she got up to the ticket booth at the movie theater and she was so unsure of herself when she said that she was in the movie. I'm like, wait, is Sharon Tate actually in that? And I had to look it up. I'm like, yeah, I was she's in that movie. Too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of gathered that Sharon Tate was actually in that movie and that uh, Sharon Tate was kind of just this person that wanted to enjoy her own movie with the audience, like it's intended yeah. to be, right? Yep. And I think I did hear that like she used to actually, like the actual Sharon Tate like used to do stuff like that. 
And it's so funny that like she wasn't that big, that big. And I think Tarantino was like kind of like commenting on that, but mm-hmm. she wasn't so small to where like people didn't recognize her. So like just having her go up to that theater, like that ticket booth, it's just, it's very interesting. Like that the girl doesn't recognize her, even though she's working out of freaking movie theater with that's playing a movie with Sharon Tate in it. Yeah. So like, it, it's just kind of funny there. Like and Sharon Tate, it, it's kind of speaking to her, her character and like who she was probably as a person where she wasn't so like stuck up, like, Hey, I'm like a famous person. Let me into my movie. You know, <laughs> it, it's kind of just like, <laughs> let me in. Yeah. Let me in. <laughs> no like it just kind of like hey yeah like i'm sharon tate i'm in the movie like can i can i check out the movie and she was perfectly fine with taking pictures with them and stuff like that and i feel like tarantino was just kind of trying to highlight like who she was as a person as described you know yeah i don't obviously we were, we weren't around that time i don't think she was like huge i think she was an up-and-comer for sure up-and-comer. she was with a lot of yeah. huge names on those movies like uh, wrecking mm-hmm. crew that they show in the movie yep i thought that whole theater scene was super cute though like 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 a small ish actor like actually getting to enjoy people enjoying their work i thought it was just super cool to watch yeah and almost like self-referential to like i wonder if margot robbie does that to like this movie but yeah that's a good question because a lot like quite a few actors i've heard like uh especially adam driver he doesn't like to watch his own work yeah really so it's yeah yeah it's it's very interesting like yeah oh you don't want to like see the product that you made and also (laughs) at the same time i can understand it's kind of like uh hearing our own voices when i listen to our podcasts uh i don't like cringes at himself i don't hearing my yeah i don't like hearing my own you know just stuff like that yeah so i understand i do yeah i suppose like i feel like if i'm spending like several months to like like to a year on a project though like i'm definitely gonna sit there for two hours and deal with whatever i (laughs) whatever i got going on like cringing toward myself to watch that fucking movie because like that is a lot of hard work and oh, i'm yeah you know i'm going to enjoy it be like hey that's that's me but then again i'm not like <laughs> i'm not an actor so i i guess i couldn't imagine how they would feel yeah doing right. that all the time so right and it's uh it's performing it's kind of like if uh somebody watches themselves uh sing on stage or if somebody uh watches themselves or, or not even watching themselves in the process of painting but the the product yeah. of the painting like just viewing their own painting it's it's stressful well, you put yourself painting. out there that's painting though like obviously you're gonna like as an artist you're you're probably gonna like what you're making right so you you're hope gonna so. admire your own work you hope so i well, like, I, can, why, I can tell like, you i if you i didn't paint. like it why wouldn't you why would you show everybody else you know what i mean like i don't know I guess that happens sometimes, but then that usually gets botched. You're worried how other people are going to react to it. 
even though you love it or yeah i suppose or you don't totally love it but you're like hey i have to put this out there like maybe to yeah. meet a deadline or something like that you know yeah i suppose yeah but- yeah like uh some of my paintings that I've made, like at least for my wife or myself um, so far, I, I'm like, I really like this. I really enjoy doing it. Yeah. And then, and then I take a step away from it for a while. And I'm like, God, do I really like that? Is it perfect? Can I fix it? You yeah. know, kind of. that's what I was kind of trying to explain to you, like um, that it, yeah, just might not be your uh, your product you want to put out. Exactly. Yeah, I you suppose. Know? Yeah. 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 I think you're uh you're touching on uh Maribel's Maribella's speech a little bit. The uh the little uh, girl in the western. It's like you're you're like always striving for the perfect and stuff, but you can't ever be oh, perfect. Yep. Yeah. Man, okay, I, I have that down in my notes. All right. Wait, wait, wait. That's that's kind of towards the like kind of third fourth of the movie should we like keep going a little bit on the like, first I mean, half? like she was in the first half because we we cut back the... to the the western multiple times before he like finally gets it right at the end yeah okay that that's like be when about they... like right halfway yeah i think you're right it's like about an hour in when they're first yeah. going through the script together okay okay yeah no 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 we yeah we can go through that for sure i, I thought that was cute her old her whole thing there she's reading the book and then he's tearing up on the thing reading about uh the buster bronco <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah. when he walked up like all done up for his character and stuff i did not recognize him i'm like who yeah. is that and why is he looking at that little girl i'm like w- <laughs> me, me and cordy both thought something weird was gonna happen and it's like oh it's just it's just rick dalton yeah uh, like, okay motherfucking rick dalton yeah yeah rick's meeting with this little girl on set that what was her name arabelle i think it was like marabella marabella or yeah sorry okay so like it was really awesome and really has that dynamic between a rising star and an old actor that is like it this like dynamic is so precious and insightful and a young person giving Rick that reminder, what acting is about and giving him that push to continue to succeed is so amazing. And she's taking it to the max. Like he probably did when he started, she's taking Mm -hmm. acting to the max, like their art form to the max when he started, probably, you know, kind of like mirroring that. And Rick's passion is almost refueled after like she talks to him, which is just like a very grand thing, you know? Yeah. I liked, I liked all the scenes with her. She's awesome. Both the child actor and like just the whole dynamic between Leo and, and uh, Marabella there. Yeah. Awesome. Getting really giving him his pushback to, uh, to be better. Right. Right. When he's kind of like in that rut, and he's doubting himself and <laughs> like getting to that oldish stage of his life, which it doesn't mean doom, but he thinks it's doom, you know, yeah. and the book Rick is reading encapsulate encapsulates his life at the moment. 
like it's <laughs> such great writing by Tarantino to put that but that Buster what was it that book uh Buster, Buster, Buster Bronco Buster, Buster Bronco. Bronco yeah just I, it encapsulates like what Rick Dalton is going through yeah I thought at first that uh that he was just bullshitting and like telling about his life and I looked at the back of the book I'm like no it actually does say Buster Bronco yeah yeah <laughs> no like I I figured like it was kind of just a ironic thing that he was reading a book that was kind of his life at the moment honestly you know that's just good storytelling exactly he happened to be reading a oh, book man. that happens to drive it forward by him explaining the book to her and she her giving advice about it and stuff right I really like that yeah yeah definitely so was it after that that's when he started uh he like he had the refueled you know, spurt of energy. And that's why he got real excited, poured himself mm-hmm. a drink and started reading his lines. <laughs> and then he, oh. uh, he gets, well, he has an up into the bar scene. He gets super excited. Huh? And then he goes way back down to his low. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you get the whole eight goddamn whiskey sours scene. <laughs> guys, guys, I was waiting for this. Do you understand what I was trying to say in our actors and actresses now? With the fucking, I I mentioned the camper scene. Yeah, yeah, that that shit. Right, okay. So Rick Rick was killing it until he wasn't. Then the best fucking scene that I mentioned in that favorite (laughs) actors and actresses finally came to life, and the situation that Rick is in is gold, like. The trailer scene, that's what Leo somewhat like improvised on. That whole trailer scene. You had 20 goddamn whiskey sours. You gave fuck. <laughs> like, you know, it's so lines. good. <laughs> you can't read your goddamn lines. Yeah, no, it's just so great. Like, oh my God. <laughs> the whole time he was throwing a rant in that trailer, like, I felt for him because, yeah, he was like tearing up and stuff. I'm like, man, <laughs> this is great acting. Like, I am really convinced that he is so dedicated to this role. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, it, honestly, guys, like, I, I want to say, like, or I want to ask you guys, should I say, is this the funniest Leo has been? in a role uh wolf wolf of wall street might be close but yeah he is pretty funny in this one i was gonna say wolf of wall street would be very close but um yeah i mm, this this one is also pretty funny in comparison to the two i i, I don't know i i do agree with you guys that's exactly what i thought during the movie and then when i started like continuing through the movie like past this trailer scene i was like okay i i really do think this is the funniest leo has been like honestly i think tarantino just wrote up a very good character for him honestly like uh, leo was so funny in wolf of wall street but there was also funny players in that movie i feel like leo was one of the funniest characters in this one you know what i'm saying 
there was funny supporting characters in Wolf of Wall Street, but not a lot of funny supporting characters in this one. Yeah, you had Jonah Hill and John uh, yeah, I agree. The- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like people to play off of, but it was just Leo in that trailer being fucking funny on his own. Yeah. Like and he improvised that shit. I uh, god damn guys, he is oh. Leo, <laughs> you're you're a god, man. Fucking yeah. he's my actor, guys. <laughs> all he really has in this one is uh is Pitt to go off of and Pitt's really a stoic character, so he doesn't have much he, to he's funny in, he's funny in his own way as well. <laughs> he, like yeah. that's why he's I love him as a duo. Yeah. He's a very dry funny. He's like he is. You know, I'm I'm gonna end up in jail one day in my life, but it's not yeah. because of because of Poontang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so so leading into that, okay. So like you guys did you guys like respect that Cliff was like that towards Margaret Qualley's character? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What was her he's name? Very, he's a very respectful, suave man. Yes. Pussycat. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Even, even with the name like Pussycat, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like he, he was respectful. It, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was kind of weird that he was like, kind of like checking her out. You know what I'm saying? Or he was just like, I don't know interested in a different way no idea but he could have been slightly interested but Mm -hmm. then when she came on strong like that it was like yeah so you want me to give you a blowjob and he's like oh wait a minute no how old are you right and she's like 18 and he's like do you have id to prove it (laughs) it's like (laughs) yeah i believe it no i ain't doing it respect for doing that god damn yeah. yeah yeah no shit and oh man like the scene on spawn ranch is like man i before you really get into it it it's like oh it's a whole nother world to this story and to this movie and you're like okay okay what's going on here right mm-hmm. and if you don't know the history of the manson family you don't know what spawn ranch is i did before watching this movie so immediately i like kind of knew and when you see all these people around i'm like oh boy and it's simply thrilling and fun at the same time i think see it's not totally serious i didn't know a lot of the minor characters i i didn't know much of the characters either but i of course everyone knows sharon tate Mm -hmm. now she's very infamous and then i heard charles or uh, what did they say? I think they said Charlie, Charlie. is often um, off in a different city. I'm like, wait, that's not the same Charlie, is it? Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to kind of wonder. And then I started to put together the pieces. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the same way. Like, I had no idea this was going to be like some sort of Manson thing. Like, they said Spawn Ranch. I had no idea. Like, because like, I don't know much about charles manson or anything so okay this this all kind of i mean cordy knew more about it than i did so she was kind of <laughs> filling me in on things that i was missing and i'm like oh this is bad yep. this is really bad why is he here <laughs> yep he's yep, going right. to the house and it's it's that's so suspenseful i'm like they're not gonna kill brad pitt are they yeah <laughs> no no for sure and like you know speaking about like the manson family and Bruce Lee 
you know, and Sharon Tate. It's it's nice that fictional characters are being involved with this with these like real life characters. It's always interesting to me. It's very like in this movie, it's very unbelievable that it's funny. And yeah, it's just it's so nice. You know, like it, it's interesting to have that mixture with fictional, non-fictional. Yeah, I, I, uh, I liked the fictional, non-fictional, and I watched this movie in two parts because it's it's like three hours long. So I watched like the first hour, and then after I knew it was going to be a little bit about Manson family, I researched more, and so was, for for the most of the movie, I was like is this going to go with the real life story? And then uh, I didn't know where Rick Dalton and Cliff were going to fit into it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think they're real people. Or maybe they might be based off real people or something, but I'm like, I, I just don't recall their names at all. And then, yeah, I think this movie ends up when it takes the twist being kind of like a, a jab in the right direction for a really horrible hollywood tragedy like yeah almost like a what do you call those like a revenge fantasy type of thing oh yeah uh, almost That's a good almost like an well okay I'll, I'll get into my points about that about the ending yeah yeah but i get you yeah definitely and like the scene where rick comes back to hold the daughter hostage yeah, the the final saloon scene. Yeah, the final saloon scene. Like, what really got me about that scene too was like it's acting on two two different levels. Like, the whole scene, and when, and what what is the freaking girl's name? Arabella. Mar- Marabella. I think Marabella. God dang it! Why do I say Arabella every time? probably because i'm watching love island uk i'm sorry there's a girl (laughs) named that but like the whole scene where she said like to rick that that's like the best acting i've seen in my whole life it was so sweet it's so sweet and like it's honestly i think tarantino put that in for a reason and i think it was with leo for a reason and Mm -hmm. honestly what i what i think of it is like me personally i think of leo in any role he takes on like that i could like tell him that you know like she's telling him like that's how i feel and it like that's why it's emotional to me (laughs) and then rick fucking dalton (laughs) after (laughs) it's just it's amazing yeah i really like that scene i i um I really thought that it was really like I before she even said that I was saying the same thing. I'm like, that was really good acting. And then like, apparently that was part of the improv he was doing, too. With mm-hmm. her as the hostage. I'm like, oh, that was that was pretty witty. <laughs> like After after she comments on his acting, you know, like and he's just left there to his own devices. And he's like, I still fucking got it, basically like that. That's all that line basically says, you know, and that like he has hope and rejuvenation again, you know, so it's just very nice to hear and see 
Rick fucking Dalton, Rick man. Fucking Rick Dalton. Fucking Dalton. It's uh it's unfortunate that Cliff didn't really get like his stuntman stuff in the well, he wasn't getting paid to do stuntman stuff mm-hmm. since he got kicked off that set. <laughs> he does get to do some fun stuntman stuff at the end of the movie. <laughs> but I, I feel like they uh they both got their, their happy endings for sure. He did uh he did that crazy driving at the beginning. Yeah, that too. I, I feel like I guess that's like he just lives stunt the stuntman personality. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's doing crazy shit. Well, you know, when uh when Rick finally got his like kind of big break in the those spaghetti westerns, Cliff was able to go with him and be a stunt double there mm-hmm. and like kind of be able to thrive again there. And that was nice, but like also like once we get towards the end, I I do feel like um like Cliff kind of kind of he got his resolution too. Yeah. You know, he he wasn't this questioned heroic guy. He was a heroic guy. And we'll get to that. He's a very simple man. All he needs is his his dog and uh, some TV. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. And I asked to dip cigarette. I, I, hey, hey whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I can't wait, guys. Seriously. <laughs> but uh, 50 cents. <laughs> so when uh, when everybody was like kind of going home and stuff and like driving through that, like I think it was like Hollywood Boulevard or whatever, when California Dreamin' the song was playing. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that one? Yeah, yep. when they were heading home from the uh, the two restaurants? Yes, there we go, from the two restaurants. Like, when the whole night ki- kicks off, right? Yeah. Just feels so nice. It's a very calif- Like, the song is so obvious, California Dreaming, but the version of it that Tarantino puts in this movie kind of like all the music in the movie where it like kind of just play off like plays off of like radios and stuff like that. It kind of just cuts into the story like so seamlessly, not too overwhelming and not too quiet. It's like, it's just kind of accompanying what's going on. You felt good during that? California dreaming. Yeah. Oh yeah, I loved it, man. It was just like such a yeah, I don't know, like it just fit in with the whole feeling. I feel like that was the the start of my like really high uptick of anxiety waiting for the action to kick off. Cuz I'm like I don't know, things are wrapping up. Something's going to happen here with uh with Sharon Tate. <laughs> oh, I was, okay. I was just waiting okay. for them to get home. I'm like, is this the night it's going to happen? And I didn't know if it was going to be like a central thing in the story, but as we kept going on, it kept getting pushed off. I'm like, okay, when's it going to happen? So I was I was anxious <laughs> from that whole night onwards. I'm like, okay, Dalton and Cliff are going to go home, pass out, and they're going to completely sleep through people getting murdered next door. <laughs> so hearing your thoughts there, uh, like I totally understand you, dude. I do. I would say then... 
if I was to combine my thoughts, I'd say it's the calm before the storm. Yeah. Yep. We'll we'll go with that. I I do like that. Yep. I like your insight into it. Like, and I do agree with it. And I I was kind of trying to form a full thought (laughs) from that sequence with California Dreamin'. Yeah. So I'm glad you added to it. Yeah, I think it's the calm before the storm. I, right. I do think on subsequent rewatches, I mean, knowing what the payoff is, I'll probably like have a better time. With I think that you'll feel the same. Yep. I think you'll feel the same. Yeah. 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 I I do want to say I was very jealous of um, Rick Dalton and his whole blender full of margarita because they looked really good. Oh, he's just walking around outside with it, sloshing around, and I'm like, he's just drinking the whole thing. Just look at him go. Yes, yeah, yeah, no kidding. And when Rick and Cliff are hanging out and watching Rick on FBI Most Wanted, yeah, <laughs> right. It like them hanging out encapsulates like us gathering around to watch something so important and exciting to all of us. Mm-hmm. and it's it's so simple and i love how tarantino focuses on the tv screen while they're command like commentating on the whole thing in the background yeah you know like it's just on the tv screen and we're just watching like what's going on F- on fbi and we just hear rick and cliff's comments on the show you know, it, it's just like it it kind of captures what we would do as friends, like hang out when we're at that age and just watching something, you know, or something that's important to us, even if we're not in it. I feel like I'm that guy because like movies are important to me. And if I'm showing my friends a movie I've already seen, you know, yeah. No, I get that's the exact kind of vibe I was getting out of that too. <laughs> right. And then um you know he, he uh Cliff is just like the best guy. He's like the best supporting friend you could have. <laughs> He's he he is. I like the and like like Dalton's kind of yeah, like the go ahead, Andy. But uh like Brad Pitt's actually or uh, Cliff's actually like the talent almost. Mm-hmm. Like he's doing everything. He just doesn't get recognized for it. He's just a great guy. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, since like, honestly, since the beginning, you kind of, you, you understand their relationship already. It's very established in the beginning, which I enjoy. You don't have to get too far into it to like understand, okay, these guys are like best buds and it's actually in a good way. It's not this very toxic thing either. It, it's just like, like Rick isn't that super asshole, stu- like superstar. That's such a play in so many stories. And Cliff isn't that hanger honor, like so many are to yeah. like a guy like that, right? Yeah. And they're just comfortable with each other and cliff cliff is a good guy he's not a like a 
resenting asshole or resenting like uh, scared boy. And Rick is not this super pretentious person and asshole to Cliff either. That's what I enjoy. That's also what I enjoy about their dynamic. It's not those uh, clear, clear signs of uh, just those oversaturated character developments or characters, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 We were able to see that uh, Cliff, Cliff was there to be his friend and not like there to be like, you know, like a leeching onto him. So he's famous or whatever, because like, Mm -hmm. yeah, even then, like he doesn't even, get paid that well like he does this because he loves it honestly (laughs) right right yeah i mean you see the dichotomy between rick and and cliff you know like they're they come from two different worlds but they're just so chill with each other and yeah i mean even when rick came out of the restaurant he was like crying he's like oh it's official on my has been <laughs> on my he's, like, uh, he's pretty much saying like hey man get a hold of yourself you're rick fucking dalton <laughs> don't like, you hey. forget it yeah exactly so he's being supportive in that instance you know mm-hmm. that that's how you know like they're they're really you know they're good for each other yeah i like yeah. Even showing their relationship by the, the, the place they went to. It was just like it was a little Mexican restaurant, right? I think. And they just decided to go get drunk and go home and watch TV. I think that's the relationship. Um, okay. That that was on what was that not on the very last night? Yeah. I thought like, it was. Uh, yeah, that was when Sharon night. Tate and uh JC Bring and all those guys went to uh Coyote Oh no! Yeah, they go to the Mexican restaurant. They go to El, El Coyote. El Coyote. Yeah, then, yeah. Uh, Dalton and uh, Cliff went somewhere else, but it wasn't even like a like a huge, high class restaurant or anything. They just went to go get drunk okay, and go right. home. I I like that yep. of the relationship. It didn't have to be anything. Special. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And like that that was after the whole spaghetti western career in Italy that Rick had. Yeah. And uh, just one point about that, I will say it was laid out very nicely and not so drawn out. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. The, the whole like uh, spaghetti Western career. Oh, yeah. In Italy. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was basically montaged, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And it, it was shortened up like short and sweet. I'm like, OK, yeah, that's what he did, you know, and then we're back back to L.A. Yep. Yeah. So about the assassination attempt. <laughs> yeah, you want to get into the end a little bit? Can can we get into Cliff being high as balls first? <laughs> yes, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I love it. Yes, how subtle it is when he's he's going to uh, start opening the can of dog food for was it Brenda was his dog something like that? No, uh, it was Brand. Hold on, hold on. It was Brandy. Brandy, yeah. And yep. he's opening and all of a sudden he looks at his hands. And he's like, yep, <laughs> dripping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, all I put in my notes is Cliff high as balls. Let's go. And then his uh, his quote: "Train has left the station." Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that he was uh, still coherent enough for the next fifteen minutes after that to handle all that. Yeah, but he was still like he was like. He was like looking at the knife later on too, and he's just like, "Whoa, <laughs> oh my god, dude!" Well, yeah, when he got stabbed in the leg, man, like I don't know, guys. I I gotta leave off with like this ending is perfection. Mm-hmm. Like Cliff tripping balls adds to the chaotic nature of the whole end sequence, and the tone flips the horrific true story. That was supposed to happen into something comedic and one where the villains perish. Exactly. Like more of what we wished happened. That alternate history. Yeah. Right. Back to that, like, like the revenge fantasy thing that mentioned, like, yes, like, yep. You, you get the scene of uh, squeaky. I think it was going to the, um, the back door and stuff. You're like, Mm -hmm. Oh shit. It's, it's about to go down. This is a, about to be a really brutal, unfortunate scene and I, I was like prepping myself that i'm like i don't know if i want to watch this and then as soon as they open the door and it's a fucking uh cliff and you're like oh this is about to turn out very different <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely like just the whole like what you're kind of expecting the whole movie it kind of just like tarantino flips it on its head and it's in a very respectful manner. And the alternate history aspect is like Inglorious Bastards that he did. Yeah. <laughs> that that wasn't true to history, but he did it anyways. And it's a very good story. Like, keep doing it, Hollywood. Honestly. Like, I am all up for stories like that i like that for this one i think two of them are still alive that died there at the end i think tex and one of the girls are still alive tex was in jail afterwards uh i remember that only because of uh the series mindhunter mm-hmm. i think he's still alive and now yeah no i i believe it i believe it yeah yeah, it's just, it's just almost what you uh, wish would have happened, right? And, oh, man, it was just, it was so chaotic and so violent. Like, a lot of Tarantino movies, you're like, okay, th- this is Tarantino. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, encapsulated, like, all these very great, like, chill, hangout conversations throughout the whole thing. And just, a, I don't like saying this word, but I'll say it, guys a vibe (laughs) it's a vibe the whole movie that late 60s early 70s and tarantino knows it very well he studied it very well Mm -hmm. he knows what it's like he transports it it like to us and us in it and then it's this violent chaotic darkly funny and <laughs> you think uh, it's so amazing you think tex or uh the other girl seen this movie i i just looked it up the one died in 23 so she was alive when this came out and tex is still alive mm. in prison so 
Oh, do I think the like actual people? Yeah, the Manson family. I wonder if they ever I watched. Hope they this. did. That's a that's a very good question because you know, like I don't know how they feel nowadays towards all that they did, but this ending is basically like a huge fuck you from yeah. to the Manson family. Reading into and, it, I think there's like two people who are still like super into it. I think one of those was Squeaky, okay. who was the I think she was the redhead in the movie. Squeaky was Dakota Fanning pretty sure at the at the ranch yep squeaky was the one that was like oh like um george i think we we watched this on sunday night yeah yep the the redhead girl yeah because he he sits up and he's like how am i supposed to know what color hair she has i'm fucking blind (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) that was great (laughs) yeah dude oh my god And, and bruce dern like just have to bring up like okay guys do you realize how many faces are in this movie so oh. many i i was going through yeah, the credits okay. a little bit i'm like oh my god the cameos <laughs> i got a list here okay do it. guys we have timothy oliphant mm-hmm. kurt russell margaret qualley austin butler luke perry dakota fanning al pacino mickey madison Maya Hawk, Sydney Sweeney, and Vit- Victoria Pedretti. And most of those are in the Manson family. Like, you're just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, like all these people, you know, it, it's just nuts. I can't believe it. Such a cast. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's huge. Cast. And not in like all flashy roles either. Not really. No. Yeah. It's- no. Yeah. Very tastefully well done. I think the, of course, our three stars are Robbie Pitt and um, DiCaprio, kind of leading the movie for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone does good in their roles. It, it's kind of interesting too, like uh, that Rick lives right near Sharon Tate and Polanski, mm-hmm. and like right away you kind of see what Cliff's life is like rick's life and roman polanski and sharon tate's life yeah you they're like it's not just a two-sided thing i like that it's kind of a triple like different view at lives at the same time and they all link together eventually and that's what i really enjoy about tarantino movies eventually the stories connect yeah right yeah i like because rick yeah Dalton also sees himself as way below Sharon Tate and Polanski and stuff. And he's like looking up mm-hmm. to them and yeah, it's cool to see those levels. Right. Right. Yeah. The, like, you know, Cliff being on his own with his dog, Brandy and him being perfectly content. Mm-hmm. Rick being alone, probably not content just, but also he's really trying at this acting thing still. He's got, he's got, you know, and he's sad. Well, uh, at the end, at the end, he meets her. Yeah. But, like, I'm talking about, like, when we first, like, kind of really see the characters' lives. Yeah. And and then you have Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski living these very young, youthful, party Hollywood lives, you know? 
Yeah, they went to a party at Playboy Mansion. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm exactly. That's the point I'm talking about, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yep. And yep. I I wonder how this view how this movie was viewed in Hollywood itself too cuz Polanski's still a huge director to this day. I don't know if he still makes hits nowadays, but he's got like a few really top-tier movies out there and uh that dude's been through a lot too. Yeah, like uh, Rosemary's Baby, The Pianist. Yeah, I can't think of much else because I haven't seen much else. But uh, I know there was controversy mm-hmm. behind him. I can't. I know. I can't really recall the controversy. Actually, I think it was sex-related charges. But like, there we go. Yeah, of course he had, he has his own problematic stuff. But like, to lose your mm-hmm. your wife to that, and then from his own personal life, losing his family through the Holocaust and stuff, and also going through some of that himself. Like, yeah, just mm-hmm. the true story behind a lot of this is actually so insane to, to read about. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. He, he's had a rough life and I mean, yeah, I don't know if those controversies are true. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. I didn't look into those enough and not that trauma, forgives you for causing trauma but yeah right that aside i love yes. that rick dalton got to bring his fucking flamethrower out oh my god He's yes so yeah I, w- I was gonna go to the ending again like uh, and guys well okay we'll go back to the flamethrower i promise mm. but brandy vi like yeah vip mvp yeah MVP. I was going to say VIP too, but MVP? Yeah, MVP is the right word. <laughs> MVP for the fucking ending? Dude, yeah. you're sitting there in suspense a little bit like, okay, he's a good fighter, but can he take on a gun and two knives? And then mm-hmm. he does the whistle and it's it's over for those three. Oh my god. When she fucking latches onto Texas balls, I was like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And then, you know, uh, Cliff is handling the rest and then like you know he kind of gets in a little you know tiff and you're like oh shit oh shit <laughs> and then he brings you bring that fucking dog off that man's nuts and you go straight for this fucking girl's face <laughs> oh oh Mikey Madison and oh god guys like I, I compare it to uh, the ending of Scream 5 and she's also in that movie but uh, yeah, no, I won't say much past that since you guys haven't seen it. But uh, yeah, fucking amazing, amazing. That, that, Just like <laughs> fucking going after her too. That girl is, of course, you know, fucked up for the actions they did uh, in real life. But uh, damn, she got fucked up the most out of all three of them. <laughs> it was brutal. Like between the dog and Cliff beating the shit out of her. And then to get to the pool scene with Rick Dalton. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Toasting that burnt. girl. Well, Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, you think of all three of them, like what they like <laughs> the deaths they went through. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like a whole hell yeah to the whole thing because n- not because of the actors and actresses like playing those parts. It obviously because of the Manson family. Right. And it's kind of that like revenge type, like alternate history we were talking about, right? 
where it, the villains, they go down instead of a tragic ending to this like true story, right? And Tex meets a bad ending. Fuck it. The, the other girl that's not Mikey Madison, Jesus Christ, she her head is banged into the fucking fireplace. That makes me cringe every time. Yeah, that one was yeah. Dakota Holy Fanning. Holy shit. Uh, no, no, that wasn't Dakota Fanning. That was not squeaky. It it wasn't squeaky, I oh. promise. Uh it was it was a different like redhead. I can't remember her name though. Uh I know Maya Hawk's character was the one that left in the freaking car without them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i love my hawk fucking stranger things and she's ethan hawk's uh daughter fucking she's awesome but and then mikey madison like we talked about like being fucking bit in the face and shit from brandy and then going out to the pool and getting fucking lit up yep by that flamethrower from rick <laughs> just all of them had fucking horrible deaths and it was just like your jaw just dro- like I remember myself in the theater myself just being there. <laughs> I, and yeah. this whole ending just had me in a fucking tight grip and my <laughs> mouth was just hanging. Yeah. Yeah, it was just and it was that's a bit... what I love. Yeah, it was great. It was a little hard to watch, though, especially with the, mm-hmm. you know, the dog just ripping his nuts off. I held my nuts and my, oh, oh no. I know. <laughs> you feel it, dude. You feel it. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it's it's not just, uh, like, gruesome and bad. It's, like, it's darkly comedic. It's too. darkly comedic. It was it just, is. like, it it's was just so point. brutal that it's yeah. just, like, whoa. <laughs> you're just, yeah. You just haven't, yeah, you're along for the ride. It was, yeah. it was so quick. I uh, I wasn't sure exactly what i seen, but I think Tex got curb stomped into the doorframe. I uh, think so. From Cliff? Yes. Yeah, yeah really yep, I think up so. Too. He got messed up, too. Yeah, I, I was trying to recall, like, what did him in actually mm-hmm. but yeah andy i think you're i think you're totally right <laughs> the fucking paramedics yeah, are acting no. like this is just a normal day in hollywood yeah, just feeling no, them out. yeah not really no yeah yeah they're just <laughs> yeah, laughing at his jokes and acting like normal i i love that the flamethrower was brought up in the beginning with uh rick dalton and al pacino's character like conversating mm-hmm. and they were talking about the flamethrower in that world war ii movie mm-hmm. you know and how rick used it and like the funny scene with rick using it <laughs> and stuff like for the first time and whatever like behind the scenes i love those cuts by the way like you know behind the scenes and like the present like kind of just hopping back yeah and like showing us what happened you know, they give you that like very quickly. It wasn't drawn out. Yeah, the quick uh, showing you that he knows how to use it. He's like, can you, yeah. can you make this any less warm when I use it? Yeah, exactly. That was such a funny scene, and I love that it was brought up in the beginning, and then it's just fucking used in the ending. Like that's perfect, a perfect plant. Yeah, right there. You know, I love. I think it's Emil Hirsch uh, playing Jay Sebring there at the end, and it. He's just like, yes. you want to you wanna like come up and hang out? And Margaret Robbie's asking him to come up and he gives him the thumbs up. He's like, come hang out. And he's like, oh, finally okay. feeling like part of the part of the crew. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, getting to that, too. Like, <laughs> when Brad Pitt goes away into the ambulance, <laughs> I love his line, and away we go. <laughs> like, I always think of that in my mind, like, ever since I watched this movie. Like, I, I love that. And, you know, Rick and Cliff's interaction at the end, you just, you really feel like when it comes down to it, what good friends they are mm-hmm. and it's not a shallow thing at all and it's not such a like a lovey-dovey buddy ship either mm-hmm. it like it just really comes through in the end and cliff is like hey i got you buddy you know like it just gives him a thumbs up when he's going in the ambulance <laughs> and like rick really looks at him like admiringly and he like he's like you're a real good friend friend cliff you know so like that was very touching and nice to me that like that's where it ended up and the ending is definitely what could have been with sharon tate and her friends there's an eerie feeling yeah to this as well and the music adds to it it's incredible that sharon recognizes rick and it's just all of what could have been I, I felt that that sense too when she was talking onto the uh, the speaker box and talking to, to Dalton yes. and stuff and I'm like mm-hmm. there's almost the feeling that she like I don't know there's just this huge thing that was just avoided and uh, yeah she she doesn't even know exactly yeah like um it's just like we know what actually happened you know yeah and it's like God damn like. If if only, if only this happened. If only. Yeah. And I think Tarantino was feeling that too. And that's why I felt like it was very respectful and why the Tate family was totally okay with this as well. Like I, I read a bunch about that stuff. Like if, you know, the families were okay with this and I just, I can't see how it wasn't. Well, he, uh... You know, it's, it's just a big fuck you to the villains. Like, yeah. He would have been around in Hollywood when this happened, Tarantino. Tarantino? Yeah, like right, uh, maybe right after, because he was early 80s, I think, when he started off. He would. So he might have been. Early, early 80s. He was definitely like a young man appreciating like the 70s mm-hmm. and stuff, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah. didn't start his no, career too far after all this happened, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Reading more into it too after like all the, the true story stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just some of the insane details about it, like uh Abigail Folger, who was also one of the, the victims that night, heiress of mm-hmm. the, the Folger coffee fortune. Like Yes. I know, I know. It's it's crazy to think about like who who were the victims, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they and, definitely uh, got their message out there. It, yeah, no, definitely. And Tarantino did a good job. Like, you know, I knew of the Manson family, but I wasn't totally aware of the late 60s, 70s, early 70s, like Hollywood history. And I didn't know a lot of the players in it. And mm-hmm. I think he did a good job. Whether you're a historian 
or if you know the Manson family murders, or if you're completely like oblivious to all of it, I feel like this movie could work for you because of Tarantino and how he laid this out. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree? I agree. I yeah. I feel like I had a benefit going into this knowing a decent amount about it. I would like to also speak to people who have no idea. I think we're far enough in a way now where people might have a blind spot and not know the story. Mm-hmm. Watching this and if if they would still enjoy it if they don't connect those pieces. Mm-hmm. Or if they just be like, oh, As wow, someone who fits that description, I would say uh, you would enjoy it. Okay. Hey. You didn't think it was All right, like, Eric. like senseless violence at the end? Like, like, are you talking about the violence or like the Manson stuff? The 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 three intruders getting murdered at the end, like, because I'm thinking like, if you didn't know who they were, that that might seem like oh. overkill on the outset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it is yeah, overkill. I mean, it could be but... polarizing to people that like this style of movie, but then people that don't like the gore and stuff like that but it's not that long either so i mean i I feel like they should just get over it Mm -hmm. yeah i i feel it's like yeah like uh like i said it's a big fuck you to the the villains the criminals of the story and like if you hear of the the true story and what happened to the innocent people you're like hell yeah all right yeah <laughs> you know I like this story better <laughs> you're like okay I, I like where this is going you know like it's i don't know they they did that to them it, it kind of goes into that moral quandary a little bit but yeah yeah just that like alternate history and that things could have turned out differently uh knowing what we know now yeah Tarantino is a great treasure to this type of storytelling. And he's a yeah, genius. I, I hope there's mu- like much more, honestly. For sure. Yeah. For sure. You guys got anything left on land of the wood of Holly upon a time? Uh, one more question for you guys. Are you, are you guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys enjoy the structure of the story? Like, with more of a hang with a bit of tension underneath it for most of it than the violent, insane ending. <laughs> I, um, I did enjoy that. I, um, I did enjoy the movie for what it was. Like it was like a hang or whatever, but like, that's why I was saying it started to get dull towards the middle. Cause I'm like, I don't know where this is all going. I'm like, I, I like, I like seeing all this, but, Sure. You know, it didn't seem like it built up to anything, but then it just kind of built up like right at the end. And then, you know, came (laughs) to the conclusion, like, you know how you got normal movies, you have the acts and then you have the climax and then you have the resolution and stuff that like Mm -hmm. that all like most of it was just all like build up. And then like the last like 20 minutes was like the climax and then resolution. So it was like it was definitely different. And I think that's why, like, I enjoy it so much. Same with, okay. like, 
Pulp Fiction. I, I guess not Pulp Fiction. There's like kind of ups and downs and stuff throughout the whole movie with that. But most of the time it's kind of chill. But mm-hmm. OK, sure. Yeah. OK, Andy, how about you? Yeah. Same with Eric. I, I think looking at this in the entirety. I enjoyed the ride. Uh, if you asked me about halfway through what my enjoyment of this movie was, I think it'd be a lot, lot lower. Not really knowing what that through line was going to be. Mm-hmm. Then obviously, yeah, it, it connects a lot in third act. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was just curious what you guys thought. And like, I'll sum it up in just like a little uh, sentence. I thought it was a crescendo a crescendo yeah yeah that, that's the way yep. to articulate it honestly i thought it was a crescendo and i was all for the hangout and kind of uh just going through these characters lives and then it all led up to the ending and i was blown away it was like a grand finale and that's perfectly okay. Like I, I love that it was structured that way instead of uh, a bang, then boom, 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 bang, and then yeah. boom, 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 and boom. You know, like yep. first, second, third act. You know, yeah, yeah. You can't really tell the differences in the the acts if there were any. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just it's so different of a structure. So I don't know if you want to say like first, second, third act, but sure. Yeah. It, it, yeah. That's, that's what I appreciate about it. It's uh it's a different structure. It, I wouldn't even call it a very slow burn because I've seen slow burn movies and they've kept me way less entertained than this one. Yeah. So props to this one. For sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. What, yeah. what have you guys been watching lately? Eric, you go ahead, man. Um, got Oscar season coming uh, up. We, so much to watch. I I recently watched a movie called Everest, and uh, it's about a true story about a climbing company. Well, it's like a company that like basically guides people towards the top of the mountain like they basically uh take you know anywhere from professional to amateur climbers and uh trains them and acclimates them to the environment and make sure they're they have a safe climb and stuff but um yeah things take a turn in in this trip and uh yeah good movie yeah, this one's been I would on, recommend. on my list for a while, so I'm I'm excited to see it and glad that you also said it's good. Let's yeah. Watch. It's on my list because of uh Jake Gyllenhaal and Jason Clark. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How do you yep. how do you feel about uh Jason Clark in the in the lead role in that? Was he good? Yeah, he was. Yeah, um it was I don't know if he's actually in New Zealand or whatever, wherever he's from, but uh, yeah, I think he's British. 
he's British. Oh, it's close. I yeah, guess. Yeah, Andy, he's, you you're remembering him uh, in Gatsby? He's Australian, right? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Oh fuck. Oh well. Okay. Like, yeah. Basically, he was in a normal accent then. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah, no, it was it was good. He was really good. I got really attached to his character through the whole thing. Very respectable guy. Yeah, so I love him. That might, it. that might have to be my, my watch tonight. Uh, that one's uh, on Max, so worth a watch. Yep. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. Andy, what or uh, Eric, do you have anything else? I also seen Strays. Oh, yeah yeah that one one. that one's pretty good it's uh about a dog who kind of has like an abusive owner kind of like no well not like physically abusive i mean the dude's just a piece of shit and he (laughs) uh he like basically like he does the thing where he abandons where people like abandon a dog with a throw ball and hop in their car and then drive away oh Mm-hmm. And he did that, meets up with some uh, some friends and all the dogs like talk in this and they they basically just make dog jokes a lot, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. There's one scene where they're like all peeing on each other because oh, like, my God, claiming territories is like, oh, we're all friends now. We should all pee on each other. And then they just they have like a circle where they're peeing on each other. <laughs> it's, it's great, man. Uh, I love my dog. Really? <laughs> I haven't seen this one yet, but I feel like I've seen so many dog movies with this kind of thing. Where it's it's a, okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's R rated, so like well, uh, an R rated dog movie is more. basically I, if you're seen, expecting it, that's what you're gonna yeah, get. I've seen mostly family dog movies. So, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. This one might be a little different. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a little more hijinks than like Beethoven or something. <laughs> it, or. Uh, a little more, yeah. yeah. Or guys, cats and dogs. Do you remember that fucking movie? I love I, cats I, and dogs. You know, I yes. probably seen it once. I don't really remember much from it. Okay, Andy. Number one priority. Well, okay, behind uh, Scream, um, that we're gonna watch together. The, at least the first Scream. Uh, cats and dogs. We're gonna show cats it. Cats and dogs. Yeah, okay. right. Cats and dogs. We'll watch it yes. I'm excited. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Double double feature. It'll be a great double feature. <laughs> Screaming cats and dogs. Let's yeah. Go. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, before we continue on yours, Hunter, I I do want to shout out. Yeah. Go ahead. Julia Butters was the actor for um, uh, Marabella. Yeah. She was also in one of our other movies on the pod in uh, Gray Man. The Gray Man. Yeah. She was. Yes. Just, uh, <laughs> I knew the daughter that he was protecting. So. Yes. Yeah. Just want to shout her out before we forget. So, she she will be an up and coming actress. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. She she's very good. So, what have you been watching? Definitely. Oh God, guys, a lot. But I'll I'll kind of sum it up. So, uh, I finally checked out Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's on Netflix uh, now, right? Eli- yes, it is. And I checked it out before it came on Netflix thankfully because i just couldn't wait any longer yeah and it was about like a week before it came on netflix and my brother-in-law had it had it purchased on uh voodoo yeah Mm -hmm. so i watched that uh, on my own and guys i gotta tell you it is up with those classic slashers okay 
I feel like a lot of people will be watching this year round around Thanksgiving and they should. Okay. I I thought it was a really good slasher. I mean, doesn't match up to my scream, but I can sense the elements from scream and other good slashers. And I, I just feel like it's one of the decent slashers that we've had in so long. So I'm going to like this one. I'm not going to be disappointed. No. And that's why, I, <laughs> that's why I'm not talking it up too, too much. You hesitated. <laughs> no, 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 no. Why I hesitated was because I was trying to think, did I fucking talk this up? Like, too too much you know like i didn't want you to be like oh my god this is gonna be a fucking masterpiece you know but it's a very very like i thought it was great yeah there we go like not even really good great definitely doesn't look like a masterpiece but it's not often that we get good slashers right right and you know uh when we watch well okay no never mind never mind i'm gonna i'm gonna save my comments for scream when we watch (laughs) And then I've also seen the Iron Claw to kind of get prepared for, um, even though it's not in like any Oscar contention, I just wanted to see it because it was one of the highest rated movies of the year Mm -hmm. um, last year. And yeah, the Iron Claw was, oh man, Zac Efron, if you doubted him as an actor, watch him in here. And it's such a good, it's not like one of those full-blown biopics. It's just such a great story and it's so devastating. Mm-hmm. And I I really enjoyed it. I did. Um, my wife and I watched it and we also watched Wonka. Wonka was enjoyable. That's all I'll keep it to. Okay. <laughs> so I don't... Well, like it, it was enjoyable. It was enjoyable enough. That's all. Oh, I'll that's... Keep it to uh, Timmy. Timmy Chalamet, you are the dude. Loved him in it, and yeah, I'll like. I'll just keep it to that, so I keep this short. But like, I also watched Anyone But You, the rom com with Sydney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. Okay, I've been recommended that one recently. Yes, one of the best rom coms I've seen in a while. Okay, I will say that. All right. And then what I will end on is Orion in the Dark. Orion in the Dark. Is that like and the Dark? Constellation Orion it's... and the Dark. Yes, yep, correct. Okay. So it's on Netflix. It's a Netflix original um because Netflix bought it, but it's it's a Dreamworks movie like Shrek and Puss in Boots, all those, you know, and Flushed Away. And damn guys like this is one of the most like grown up animated uh, also kids movie that i've seen in a while and it really touched my wife and i honestly it's like just to kind of give a non-spoilery uh description on it it's just it's about a young boy that's about like 11 or something like that and he is afraid of the dark and it's just really about anxiety and all all those just mental feelings in a grown-up way and it tells a kid in a really nice 
gentle way. And the the animation is just wonderful. And you just, I don't know, you just really enjoy it. And it's like, it's about this boy meeting the dark, even though he's deathly afraid of him. And it comes with all of the other kind of like spirits or whatever of the night, like sleep and or sweet dreams, sleep. And yeah, I can't I can't think of like the other one. It's kind of like uh like, like anxious thoughts while you're trying to go to bed, you know? It like kind of yeah. those things. It like really dives deep into it. And it's like a very great writer was involved in it, Charlie Kaufman. He also wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. And that is a very, very deep movie that like is very beloved. And yes, Charlie Kaufman might have wrote the script years ago and it didn't get picked up until now. Might have been a little altered, but you can definitely feel that very good writing in it. And I was so excited for this movie because I'm a huge fan of, (laughs) I shouldn't even say a fan. I just, I love the nighttime. I love nighttime. It's enchanting to me. And I was very excited for this boy to meet Dark. Like that was just the simple premise that I heard a couple years ago before this came out. And I was just so excited and it lived up. It lived up to expectations. Perfect. I, uh, Hell so yeah. that's all I'll say. I would also be scared of the dark. Uh, if I was Jacob Tremblay, uh, that kid made some really yes. fucked up characters. Yep. <laughs> Jacob plays. Yep. Orion. And, uh, he does sound more grown up than we remember him, but, uh, it's, it's great. And yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't recognize him from his actor photo. I'm like, wait, that kid grew fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I will, I will add that to my list. Yeah, no, you, you definitely should. Even though Andy, I know you don't love animated movies, but I feel like this one might like speak to you, you know, okay. and speak to quite a bit of us adults. Even though we think animated movies are childish, like that's yeah, my wife and I like I we were both kind of tearing up towards the end and we're like, yeah, like uh, I would want my kid to see this. You know, that's how important it already was. Awesome. Yeah. So that's it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about my long. Yeah. I've been watching a lot guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you have. I got, I got two for you guys. So I, I got, I got one and me and Eric did not plan this out. Uh, but it's also a it's uh, about hiking Everest. Oh, so it's called The Climb, uh, and these are both on Netflix that so I'm going to recommend. Okay, it's from 2017. It's a like a foreign comedy. I think it's I think it's French. I I might be getting that wrong. I think it, it's in French, so you gotta watch it with subtitles. Okay, it's about this guy who loves this girl so much, he's like, well. I like you and you know, like I'd do anything for you and climb Everest for you. And she's like, well, I'll date you after you climb Everest. And thus this movie goes on. This guy has no, no experience. And this is semi based on a real guy that did a, a similar thing. And it's about his journey to go hike Everest. And it's really, really well shot. The comedy and romance is so cheese, but like the hiking aspect got me into it a lot. And I think 
for you, Hunter, at least, uh, you'll really like the the rom com portions. I think Nell would probably like that one too. Uh, would I though? Like, would a guy do this for a woman? <laughs> it's it's just really sweet. It's a sweet rom com. Uh, I liked it more than I thought I would. And this was a true story. Not. It's based on a. I think there's a guy that helped write this movie that climbed Everest without experience. I don't think it was for love or anything. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm fine with that. But I think. Uh, sorry, I, think he, I was just like, wow. Yeah, I think he like consulted on the movie, but yeah, it's about this guy okay. that no hiking experience, never really did any mountains, and he's trying to bullshit his way to get on Everest. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Really good movie, and. Um, awesome. Well, not really good, but it was it was good. Surprisingly good. It was good. The okay. the one that is very good and quickly became one of my top tier movies, especially in the fighting world, which there's not a lot of movies there. It's called The Warrior, or just Warrior, uh, with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton as our main characters, mm. and uh, Nick Nolte as the dad of Tom Hardy. And it's these two guys. One's a high school teacher and one's a former Marine uh, MMA fighter. And they're both brothers. They haven't seen each other in a long time. Going through this super tournament, trying to win all this money, both for their own reasons. And uh, it is a very good movie. I think I, I just like watching MMA in general and these kind of fighting ones and there's not many of these good movies and uh had me on the edge of my seat for a long time and it's always really good to have those kind of like racing movies why i like those like you have your fights and stuff so you can see like your characters clearly winning or losing it's not there's no gray area so uh okay i recommend there and that one's also on netflix Love those two main actors, so I will definitely be checking that one out. I'm pretty sure it's on my watch list already, and I will add, what was that one? The Climb? The Climb, yeah. Okay, okay. I'll be adding both of those, man. Yeah. All right. Sounds awesome. I hope you like it. Let me know what you think of The Climb for sure. It's, a, I think, a lesser known one since it's a foreign film. Oh, I for sure will. You you said it was uh, French? I believe it was French, Yes. French. Okay, okay. I've been checking out more foreign movies lately, so uh yeah, no, I will check that out. And you guys kind of got me onto the foreign movie <laughs> trail more again. Like I only watched Parasite a couple years ago and I was totally fine following that movie. I'm like, "Okay, I can do <laughs> this." But I didn't watch any after, and then you guys recommended Dead Snow. Yeah. And that's German. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I definitely got to follow this, right? You know, yeah. So, yeah, thank you guys for kind of helping me get back into the groove of that. Yeah, I got I got a backlog, so I will, I will show you more as you get through them. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The, the um, was it Impossibles? The, the, the Untouchables? The Untouchables? Yeah, the Untouchables. That's that's also a French movie. Is it's it? A, 
Yeah, you might you might have seen the Americanized version of this movie with uh, was it Kevin Hart and Tom Hanks? Uh, the the something the bright side, the, not the bright side, but um, I forget what the American version of this was, but uh, yeah, that's that's also a, a good uh French one that I would recommend. The Untouchables. The Intouchables. Oh, Intouchables. I in okay. Touchables. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Intouchables. Okay. Intouchables. Okay. Perfect. Intouchables. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So we got Oscar season coming up, and we're gonna give you guys some yes some good content. Both Hunter and Eric have some good plans to reveal some more stuff for you guys, and. uh we could do a special Oscar episode as well, uh, just to for for expect that, <laughs> for warning you to expect that. Forewarned <laughs> is forearmed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna try and do some more content around that, and uh, actually get involved more with some modern stuff and keep up on twenty twenty four as it goes through. So, but yeah, for this for this next episode, our standard programming. Uh, we're going back to our monthly topic, uh, which was one of my choices. So we're going to be covering some movies there, and I hope you guys tune in to hear that. And uh, yeah, if you if you want to reach out to us, we have this thing called Instagram and Discord. And then we also have an email, and all of that information is in the description for you to join or message us. Hunter makes a lot of great posts on there on Instagram. And we also chat a bunch on Discord. Uh, and if you like hearing us rant about random shit and movies, give us five stars on Spotify or a review on Apple. We promise we will love you forever and cherish you in our hearts. Maybe. Maybe. Haunters, but yes. I will cherish you forever if you rate us. Okay. Andy will. Eric probably won't. And me is a maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Hunter will cherish you if you go interact with the, the Instagram post. So leave some comments on there, please. Yeah. So do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> we will see you guys at the uh, end of the month. See you guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Rick fucking don't. Stopped the law.